The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. The latest trends and hottest topics, love and sex, handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800. Tonight on Passion, I answer all of your questions related to love, sex, and relationships. I'm hoping you're all snuggled up and listening to the radio. Is it me? I like this weather. I don't mind it. In fact, when I drive home from the radio station on a regular night, it takes me forever to get home because of all the closures. When there's a snowstorm, it takes me like 25 minutes. Otherwise, it can take me an hour. So I'm okay. I, you just have to drive slow, but nobody's on the roads. So I really like it. I call me crazy, but I don't mind it. And we just have to be careful. We live here. I don't know why people are panicking. It's so beautiful too. Just uh, all the white stuff. Really, really nice. Anyhow, uh, let, are you going to be spending the time uh, in bed and, and cuddled up and staying in your jammies all day? Or are you going to get up and go to work? Or maybe you're going to stay home and kick in some of the passion. I don't know. All right. I have some questions for you, uh, that I got by email. By the way, you can send me emails, Lori at drlori.com. I also got some text messages based on yesterday's, uh, some of yesterday's topics, one of which was sleeping in separate rooms. We talked about that in terms of getting a good night's sleep, how important it is for couples that you sleep well, because uh, when you don't sleep well, you are irritable. And when you're irritable, you're more likely to get into a conflict with your partner, usually over silly stuff like bickering stuff. Uh, but that can create resentment and that's just not cool. And one of the things that keeps uh, some couples up or at least one person in the couple is snoring. So I was talking about having separate rooms and I'm okay with that. I think that sleep needs people need sleep and sometimes uh, especially as you get older and sleep is harder to come by or harder to stay asleep you want to be able to get your full night's sleep and if that means sleeping in a separate room as long as you don't let go of your connection it doesn't have to be at, like in bed at nighttime you can still play before you fall asleep um, but that that sleep is important. So one texter writes, uh, thank you, Laura. I've been saying that for years that a couple doesn't necessarily have to sleep in the same bed every night for the rest of their lives, especially at the expense of their mental, emotional, and physical health in order to be loving and respectful towards one another. And I've been using the Royals example to advocate and reinforce that idea in my relationships as well. And, and that's okay. Some people have sleep issues and some people need their space and some people uh, are concerned or worried or, or they just don't like the temperature in the room. Some like it really cold. Others like it really warm. Like it's sometimes difficult to find that compromise for two people. And sometimes the best compromise is everybody gets their own, uh, master suites. <laughs> Somebody says separate rooms, just like 50 shades of gray. Yeah, well, occasionally they slept together. Occasionally she she had her own room. So, uh, also when I was watching House of Cards and in the in the White House, I don't know if it's really true in the White House, but she had the the wife had her uh, quarters and he had his quarters, 
And then they would meet up and you would see them go from, you know, you make an appointment and you kind of go see your significant other and for a, a night of fun. Why not? Uh, just Drew writes, forget snoring. Let's talk about the snow plows out all night and day instead of doing it on the weekend when nobody's going or trying to go anywhere. Yeah, let them do the snow plows while everybody sleeps. I'm good with that. By the way, on Thursday is Valentine's Day. I don't know how important it is for you. I'll be completely honest with you. I, I celebrate love on that day, every day, but on that day, usually it was always centered around a family thing. So we would get stuff for the kids and I'd get a card for my husband. My husband would get a card for me, but we decided a long time ago not to make a big deal out of it, not to just buy into all of it. And, and so we don't really do anything for it. But it so happens that most Valentine's Day, I spend it with you anyway. So, uh, and I always have fun and I, and I'm okay with that. And what I like to do on Valentine's with uh, you is uh, give away prizes and play some games and just make it a really, really fun night. Especially if, especially if you're not coupled up and you've got kind of nothing to do, well, listen to us, listen to me and we'll, uh, we'll just have fun together. We'll test your sexual knowledge and pretty much everybody gets a prize that night. So, and I've got lots of goodies to give away. I have a hundred dollar gift certificate to uh, luscious lavender. I have Vivaldi restaurant gift certificates. I've got a Swedish massage from Capino. I have uh, one month unlimited access to 360 Punch on the West Island. I've got tickets to uh, uh, Almost Maine, a, a play that I'm going to go see this weekend, or actually next weekend. And I've got a gift certificate for Del Frisco. So I've got lots and lots of fun stuff uh, to give away on Thursday. So if you're not doing anything or you're home from your date or whatever you've done, then I hope you'll tune in and spend the rest of it with uh, me. Uh, somebody writes, for the single folks, you can buy yourself flowers and some uh, Godiva chocolate. Absolutely. Take care of yourself on Valentine's. Uh, there's no reason why uh, the first person you should love is yourself anyway. So there's lots of stuff that you can do. You can spread your love, your kindness to others as well. Uh, you can volunteer. You can spend time with family. You can spend time with kids, it, it just show, it's all about showing your love, but it's love for, could be for love for humanity. It doesn't have to be love for one uh, specific person. So if you have ideas that you want to shoot out there for others who uh, may be spending Valentine's day alone and maybe they feel sad about it and others don't care. Like uh, some people don't make a big deal out of it and that's okay. Sometimes it's just a reminder that, Hey, we're not coupled and, and that may, you know, create a little bit of angst. Well, then you could just go to sleep. It'll all be over the next day. Just remember it's just a day and then it'll be gone and that's it. So Let's not worry too much about it. All right. Question. Uh, hello, I am a young male and have a question for you. I read in a book on sexology that some men have two penises. Another source on the internet confirms it. Are there really men who have two penises? I look around in my locker room and never saw a man with two penises. I looked at several male strippers in male strip clubs, but never saw a man with two phalluses. However, strangely, I did once see an attractive male stripper with three testicles. So you're talking about two different conditions here. One of them is actually called diphalia, and that 
is so rare that only one in five and a half million boys in the U.S. are born with this. So very unlikely. Forget about the some men. Hardly any men uh, are born with uh, two phalluses. It's, it's, it's a very rare developmental abnormality. As for the three testicles, it, that's called polyorchidism or triorchidism, and that's also very rare. In the literature, there's only about 200 reported cases, also a developmental abnormality. So uh, unlikely, really unlikely that you will ever see it in your lifetime, just saying. Coming up, answering a question from a gay gay man who uh, is not interested in anal sex. Good, that'll give me an opportunity to dispel some some myths. Plus, I'll get to your text. Relationships on the line. Connect with Dr. Lori now. 514-790-0800. Passion. News Talk Radio. CJAD 800. I know many of you are concerned about closures tomorrow, and I'm getting texts here. I'm going to direct you to the CJAD 800 website, cjad.com, for the full list of closures. So if you're wondering, go there. I personally don't know what's open or closed. I can only tell you that my office will be open tomorrow. So if you have an appointment, show up because I will be there. Uh, all right. couple of questions here. Um, hello, Dr. Lori. As a male member of the LGBT community, it is expected of me to be into anal sex, but that's not the case. I'm not willing to try it. Um, and I feel my partners, my partners should respect, uh, my decision. But the issue is that I'm not well informed about other ways to have, uh, fun sex with a partner and how to practice them in a safe way. So just the first myth to dispel here is that uh, simply because you enjoy anal sex or don't enjoy anal sex doesn't make you gay or not gay or any of those things that your sexual activity uh, doesn't define you uh, as being a, a gay male. Oftentimes we think of anal sex as a, a gay activity, but it actually isn't because there uh, is about 40% of the straight population that uh, have tried or do uh, practice anal sex. So let's just throw that out there. Uh, and of course you need to find someone that's okay with uh, not having or or receiving uh, this in their relationship. So, and, and you let them know that this is not, this is not what you want. This is not important to you, but if it's very important to them, then, uh, it may not work, right? I mean, the relationship, uh, uh may not work, but there are other ideas. There's oral sex. Of course, you can use different techniques and, and positions and, and what have you. And this tends to be the, uh, preferred way of, um, like the preferred sexual activity actually is, uh, oral sex for many uh, gay men and and many straight men as well, I must say. Uh, so there's that. There's uh, mutual masturbation. And by the way, with oral sex, you still have to be uh, aware of the exchange of bodily fluids, which could uh, lead to uh, STI 
transmission. So there's, uh, there's that, uh, mutual masturbation, probably the safest, either you, uh, could masturbate each other, or you can watch your partner doing it to himself. There's also something called intercrural penetration, which means you place your penis between your partner's legs or thighs as if there was a penetration. So you can use a lot of lube for that. That's also, uh, safe, relatively safe. Remember there are some, um, there are some STIs that are skin to skin contact transmitted through skin to skin contact. So you wouldn't be protected against say herpes or uh, HPV in those cases, but that's always hard to to tell because they're often asymptomatic. Uh, so that's possible as well. You may want to use uh, sex toys together. So those are just some of the ideas, uh, ideas out there. All right, some questions on the text board at 514-800. I was the person the other night that said, what's up with men wanting sex so soon? And you replied that we have to be careful and that some people use these sites as hookups. However, it seems these men want instant relationships. They want to see me again, but now I'm kind of meh. It's nice to have that first kiss and that hope that he will call text. What's wrong with a little dating before the sex? There's nothing wrong with a little dating before the sex. If that is your boundary, that is your limit, that is what you want, then that's what you specify. And you say, this is uh, before I have sex with anybody. I like to meet them a few times. I like to go on a few dates. There's not absolutely nothing wrong with that. Uh, goes on in, uh, in another text. You also said go out and do different things. For example, cook and date. These things are often offered for 35-ish, but I'm 48, female straight, and these events are not usually for my age group. What's starting to happen at my age is there are less matches for me at these singles events. Well, it also means you have to go to singles events that are 45 plus and also be willing to possibly meet somebody who is... Uh, maybe in their 60s, early 60s, like you have to be able to extend, I suppose, your your, your age group. It's not just about the age, but uh, what kind of shape they're in, how they take care of themselves. Like there are young 60 and 70-year-olds and there are older 60 and 70-year-olds. So uh, what I would recommend in that case is uh, I know that uh, the speed dating events by EliteSpeedDating.com, uh, so you can try that, EliteSpeedDating.com, and um, sign up and they t- and you tell them what age category and they will have events and they do have events for the 45 uh, plus. So um, sign up for those and see. And then there are even other websites actually for people who are a bit older who are dating. Like there's specific websites for people who are uh, older. Uh, Drew says, my wife is a flight attendant. She's currently in Paris and most likely won't make it home tomorrow. So I'm alone with the kids because it's obviously a snow day. So no sex games tomorrow. Uh, however, well, you can put them to bed and play the sex trivia game with me. You know, you could do that. Um, I'm sure it's been done and I wouldn't doubt if there's a trivial pursuit game based on sex questions. And if not, you should create one. Well, I'll let you in on a little secret. There is a game. It's a a sex trivia game, but it's quite old and I discovered it. I don't even remember when, how, what, but I use some of those questions. I've never actually played the game as a game. Oh, maybe I have with there's, there's also games about male, female, like what men think, what women think about certain sexual things. So there are a few games like that and they are, uh, they are fun. 
Uh, let's see. I love women's feet more than I like either female or male genitalia. I need feet in order to get fully aroused or have a chance at finishing. It made me question my sexuality, so I experimented to find out if that was my problem. It wasn't. Truly, I just love women's feet. Still, though, I have trouble finishing. Am I abnormal for not being able to finish? I've spent a lot of time alone to avoiding hurting other people's feelings. So I'm wondering, why are you? Why do you think that you are hurting other people's feelings? Because you don't finish? So I... I would want to do like a little bit of an evaluation here to figure out what the source of this problem is. First of all, the foot fetish, you you clearly have a foot fetish and that's okay. That's the most common fetish out there. And I talked about this last night. There was even um, one of my uh, colleagues uh, gave a really good explanation about this, uh, something about the neural pathways in your brain that the feet is very close to... Um, in your brain, um, in terms of a scent, it's close to the arousal center, something to that effect. I'd have to dig it up again to explain it to you better. Um, and, and so the pairing is done and that's why it's most common with feet. It's kind of like it gets a, a crossed over, the message is crossed over. Or you, there might be some kind of imprinting that was done early on where uh, feet were something that uh, you found exciting, arousing, and it was paired with... Uh, uh, with sexuality. So it doesn't really, um, like the fact that you questioned your sexuality, I'm, I'm not, uh, understanding that exactly, but if you, you would need to find a partner who's okay with, with sharing their feet with you <laughs> basically to, uh, to incorporate that in your, uh, arousal. But I would want to know what is it like when are you able to orgasm and when you're not able to sometimes it's related to being with a partner versus being alone like there's different I'd have to find out if it happens all the time it happens only in certain circumstances with feet without feet uh, all of that stuff so if you're confused about this like I I would hate to see you avoiding getting into relationships because of this I think you need to talk to somebody and talk it through to figure out what exactly um, the situation is with that so we can get uh, so we can get past that uh, coming up we'll talk about uh, well I'll answer a question uh, a woman who has uh, difficulty with orgasm the following program contains mature subject matter listener discretion is advised Straight talk that's all-inclusive. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Your questions answered on this very snowy day and this troubled Tuesday. Uh, 514-800 to text in your questions. If you want to call in, you can do that too at 514-790-0800. So this question, in my life, I have had long-term relationships, one of them current, with women who can't ever come. The first one had never come with a partner, and the second one, the current one, may have never come at all. What things can I do and steps can I take to try to help her come? What can she do to help herself? So it's not that uncommon for some women to have trouble reaching orgasm. In fact, uh, the statistics show that 
about 10 to 15% of women never orgasm at all. Uh, there are some that can only, only orgasm while being penetrated vaginally, which is about 25%, and some only while having their clitoris stimulated, which is about 75% who need that clitoral stimulation to be able to orgasm. Now, assuming there are no medical reasons why she can't, which would be like medication that she's on or something like that, um, we also have to take into consideration that Sex for many women is very much in their heads. So it's what's going on there. If there's a worry, if there's a concern, uh, what it could be all kinds of things. It could be uh, feelings or having grown up with shameful messages about sex. And there's many, many different reasons that block that uh, from happening. But one option for you is maybe to try to verbally arouse her. In other words, foreplay, we always say for women begins early in the morning, you know, all day, uh, telling her how attractive you think she is, beautiful, sexy, how much you love her, how much you want to please her, how much she pleases you. All of these things could possibly help in terms of getting her into the right mindset. You could try exploring, uh, sex toys with her to see what works best in terms of that uh, clitoral stimulation. Cause I'm not from your question. I'm not sure if it's with intercourse because a lot of people ask this question and what they really mean is my partner can't orgasm through intercourse, uh, which would be, I would say on the normal side that that would be the majority, um, of women. But if sex toys like vibrators, for example, that offer clitoral stimulation have a high rate of success among uh, many women, many women, and you could also try, I'm going to suggest like a, a blindfold basically, um, and maybe pleasuring her orally and getting her to focus on her bodily sensations. That's, it's about being in the present. The reason I'm, I'm saying the blindfold is because it's shutting out all other uh, distractions and it might help her focus on, uh, on her bodily sensations and, and to concentrate on uh, her arousal. So uh, another thing too for a lot of women is that they don't know their bodies uh, very well and they um, they may not have explored their own body to see what works for them. So uh, there's that aspect too. Um, a lot of women aren't even aware that the clitoris is a really large uh, structure, much more than what is seen to the eye or felt to the touch. There's a whole internal structure uh, that uh, some of it can be felt from the inside. So, um, it's really hard to get somebody to, to get her to have an orgasm. It's not, I have to tell you, it's not your responsibility. Uh, and don't, you can't feel badly if she didn't get there with you. It's not because you did anything wrong. It's her responsibility to guide you and to tell you what it is that she wants that's the important thing. But often if we don't know our own bodies, if a woman doesn't know her own body and doesn't know what she likes, it's very difficult to transmit that information without having knowledge of one's body. So that could possibly be where the problem uh, lies. 
this is in reference to the person who doesn't want to uh, receive or practice anal sex. Question would be, is it is it he doesn't like to receive, but is he willing to give? No, the I think he said that he didn't want to give or receive, that he wasn't interested in it at all is what I got. But and, and more on that, I'm a woman that tried anal for the first time with my boyfriend two weeks ago. I thought I prepped enough, but I didn't. My boyfriend was awesome. I told him I didn't want to continue being intimate because I was horrified, but he was comforting and reassuring and we carried on. How on earth do I prep better for anal? So I'm wondering, were you horrified because there was fecal matter? Like what was horrifying? Was it... Uh, not good because it was painful or the preparation meaning that uh, something happened like a bowel movement or something. So I'll tell you a few things that you can think about. So first of all, if you if you feel like you have to go to the bathroom, not that at that point would not be the time to try anal sex because it's moving up down your rectum and will come out so that you don't want it's too close <laughs> you don't want that so make sure that you've had the bowel movement then you can try what's a, called an anal douche basically it's like a, a like a little uh, uh looks like a pear shaped thing with a nozzle and you fill it with warm water and basically you could squeeze the water in there it's like um like like an enema, basically, uh, but it's just water, and it just flushes out what's left of the feces in the rectum. The other thing is you have to and must use a lot of lubrication, uh, external lubricant, something like Astroglide, for example, uh, might, might work and um, will work. So this is something that you absolutely need to do, and you, your body needs to be relaxed. So if you're tense, your sphincter muscle will tense up, and then it could make it very painful. Keep in mind that the tissues in the, uh, in the anus, the rectum, are far more fragile than in the vagina. So, and that makes a huge difference, which could mean, well, it, it's much easier to transmit infection through anal sex than any other because the, uh, the rectum is, um, much more prone to little fissures, little cuts. So you have to be very, uh, very mindful about that. Uh, coming up, I want to talk again about and get back to the person who has trouble with orgasm, the man who can't orgasm even when alone, and another question about that. So uh, that's what I'll talk about next. It's Sex Out Loud, and you're welcome to listen in. Passion on CJAD 800. You still have a bit of time, a couple of minutes left to get in some questions at 514-800. On Tuesdays, I spend the hour just answering all of your concerns. And some, you know, oftentimes one person's question becomes the question that many other people have or something they've been wondering about and it answers other people's too. So I, what I've learned is that no question is either silly, stupid, or if one person's got that question, guaranteed others have. And I can say this with certainty because the questions often repeat themselves. So I know lots of people have these uh, these issues. Uh, so getting back to the person, the, the gentleman who um, 
wrote in saying that he likes feet but uh, has trouble with orgasm, says, even when I'm on my own, I have trouble reaching orgasm. It's very frustrating. Thank you for addressing my question. I love your show very much. Thank you so much, and I'm very glad that you listen and that I can help you out here. So what my recommendation is that you stop masturbating. Go uh, sober for a little bit, so sober, sex sober for a little bit, um, and see, because what's happening is if there's a lot of masturbation going on with a lot of uh, porn watching, let's say, there's almost a, uh, um, you become desensitized and it becomes more difficult and more difficult to get, uh, aroused to that level. So I would say hold off for a while, um, give it a month, maybe, I mean, maybe you're balking at that. I don't know. But usually like if, when we talk to sex addicts, for example, at the beginning of treatment, it's a three month, it's a 90 day sobriety. So, uh, you can try that and, and then get back to me and let me know and then work on the other skills to, uh, you know, meet up with a partner and, um, get past the fear of hurting their feelings. I, I'm not quite clear as to what that was about. Uh, this texter writes, I rarely orgasm with sex, but when I was younger, I used to get very wet, which my partner, uh, thinks I may have come without knowing. Is it normal to not orgasm with vibrators? For some reason, I have more pleasure humping, and more recently, I found it easier to reach climax by humping my partner's buttocks, along with bisexual fantasies of porn. Okay, so a few issues here. You say, uh, okay, so... You rarely orgasm with sex. I'm assuming you mean intercourse, which is, is normal. 75% of women don't. So that's part of it right there. Um, you used to get very wet, which my partner thinks I may have come without knowing. So getting very wet, getting lubricated is a sign of arousal, not orgasm. So you're clearly aroused. That's good. Uh, is it normal to not orgasm with vibrators? For sure. Vibrators don't work for everybody and there are different kinds of vibrators. There's some of them don't offer enough a vibration or enough pressure. So you talk about getting your, most of your pleasure through humping, which tells me that your pleasure comes from the pressure that is put onto your pubic area, which is in fact getting to the internal structure of the clitoris, not just the outside, which for some women is very sensitive. And so a vibrator works fine, but other women need intense pressure there. So humping or, or, uh, pressing your pelvic area into your partner's body, whatever body part offers that kind of pressure is what's going to work for you. Some people discover that that kind of pressure on their own by, uh, against a bedpost or a chair or a table. Like there's many different ways that people discover that's what they like or, or pressing into their pubic, uh, pubic area. So you just have to know what works for you. So, um, I would recommend that you try, uh, positions, sexual intercourse positions where you're able to grind into your partner's pubic bone, where your pubic area grinds into your partner's pubic area. So usually you could do that with female on top and, um, just know this about yourself and find those positions that work, but you're perfectly normal for not 
just because you don't orgasm uh, through intercourse. That's most women are like that and that that is perfectly normal. So there's nothing in what you're telling me that is uh, new to me or unusual or not normal. It's all uh, perfectly normal. Hi, I'm shy to ask, but I've never had anal and I'm just afraid because the hole is tiny, etc. Of course, a lot of people fear anal sex for many different reasons. For some people, it, they just it's not something they're even wanting to try, willing to try. For a lot of people, it is something that is painful uh, because, of course, the the uh, rectum, the anus, doesn't stretch like the vagina, for example. It also doesn't lubricate on its own very much. So you uh, would need to be prepared. If you've got a lot of fear, that is going to stop from that. That'll just cause more pain because you'll you'll tense up. So if you're willing to try it, then you have to be very relaxed. You have to have a very uh, caring partner who will go very slow at your own pace who will stop when you say stop where you use lubrication um, so all of those things really uh, really matter so um, and if you don't want to you don't have to you're allowed to say no to whatever you decide you don't want to do that's for everybody well the night went fast Guys, drive home carefully. I know I'm going to be driving real slow tonight. So if you're on the road, uh, be careful. Watch out for each other. Uh, Thank you so much for spending this hour with me. Thank you for all of your texts. Uh, Thanks to our technical producer, Brian Kalisar. If you want to connect with me on social media, at Dr. Lori Betito, B-E-T-I-T-O is how you spell my last name, or my website, drlori.com. Coming up next on CJD, the CTV National News. I want to wish you a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion. Mm-hmm.